Hi everyone, I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Jack Vandenhavel, Professor of Molecular Toxicology at Penn State University. Dr. Vandenhavel recently joined us for a webinar where he discussed integrating cell-based bioassays and effect-based trigger values to enhance water quality assessment beyond traditional methods. Let's jump right in. First question, Jack. Uh, so if you could only perform uh, two or three assays for wa water quality, what do you think they would be? Uh, as I said in the presentation, I think you have to kind of look at uh, uh, the assays based on whether they represent a adverse outcome pathway that you are concerned with. Uh, it has to be something that is readily available and you have the uh, technology to uh, examine it in your lab. Uh, and it would have to have some trigger value so that you actually can make some decisions. Uh, so at least with the, the state of California, how they've approached those issues is they've kind of focused in on the aryl hydrocarbon receptor, AHR, uh, as well as the estrogen receptor, uh, as, as the two that they are using to implement these bioassays. Uh, if I were to expand it a little bit, I would uh, probably add the androgen receptor into that, that short list uh, because of the importance in endocrine disruption, uh, the sensitivity and the, the concern, uh, and uh, maybe PXR, uh, just because it uh, represents a, a receptor that responds to a wide variety of different foreign molecules. Excellent, great point. Um, all right, another really nice question here. Uh, what specialized equipment and training would you need to run these bioassays? So there is some uh, cell culture that is required, but uh, luckily a lot of the commercially available kits require uh, um, just short-term cell culture. So you would need a uh, laminar flow hood or a sterile hood. Uh, you'd need the capability to uh, pipette uh, uh, reproducibly into a 96-well plate uh, and uh, a luminometer or a plate reader of some sort to read the reporter gene. Uh, so there is some biochemical uh, techniques that you'd need uh, and some specialized equipment, but usually those are things that you'll find in a lot of uh, cell biology labs, uh, life science type labs. Excellent. Um, and I think in the interest of time, we'll just have one last question here, uh, maybe one looking towards the future, but uh, what are some of the developments in cell-based assays that you're seeing? Well, I, I think Part of it has to do with how you approach using the cell-based assays. And I mentioned this at the end of the talk, having trigger levels uh, that are helping you make decisions. So that's been a big push is trying to uh, figure out what are the trigger levels for some of these types of pathways that we know are, are, are being affected. Uh, the other thing is to try to find uh, assays that are responsive to different adverse outcome pathways. So we've so far just kind of focused on the endocrine and metabolic disruption, but we also have to start looking at other types of toxicity uh, that are seen with pesticides, for example, with neurological effects uh, or uh, DNA damage types of assays for looking for uh, carcinogenic compounds.
hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.